remembers what last week's armor was. Besides Isaac, who preached on it. <laughs> Anybody else? Zeke? Who remembers? Sam? Who remembers what it was last week? Come on. What? The helmet, yes. In the breastplate of righteousness, yes. Um, if you guys have not come, or it's been a hot minute since you've been here, we are talking on the Armor of God series, and we're going through each piece of the armor, or two at a time, depending on the week. And also, Tim, our pastor, is also going through a sermon based on spiritual warfare and warfare in general. And it's kind of funny that it worked out that way. And um, he, w he was joking on Sunday, if you guys weren't here on Sunday, I don't remember which service, second service. He was talking about how if you want a double portion come on Wednesday, and I turned to Isaac and I said, maybe it's because youth just don't listen. <laughs> so they need to be told over and over and over and over again for them to get it. But I really do. Um, way back in January is when God put this series on our hearts as a leadership team. Um, and it is embedded in the fact that, you know, everybody in our youth group is pretty much saved, right? They, they, you guys know the Lord. You want a relationship with him. And it's about time for us as people who know the Lord for us to start making war. Um, Chris Valentin says this thing that I think is so cool that the devil wasn't created to torment us. We were created to torment the devil. And I think that that is so, so good. Thank you, Quinny. It's so good because the one thing that the devil, his, his idea is that he wanted to be like God. And what are we? Created in the image of God. We bear his name and we are created in his image. So we, in the very root of who we are, is our people who are created to torment the devil. And because of that, he is constantly making war with us. And so if you've ever questioned, why the heck am I being tormented? Why does it feel like the devil's always targeting me? Well, let's just get this straight. It was because you were literally created as part of his punishment, right? You're part of his punishment for trying to do something that he wasn't supposed to do. So um, tonight, uh, we're starting every week off with the same couple of verses where we talk about, there he is, Josh, the one who made the graphic. Everybody, clap for Josh. Yeah! He does most of our graphics here, and he does a great job. Okay. So, if you guys have your Bibles or wanted to download the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, then you guys can go ahead and look this up. And it's in Ephesians, Ephesians 6. Okay. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his strength and his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may, able, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all, stand firm. Okay, so that's kind of the heartbeat behind our sermon series. And today I'm talking on what? Isaac said it during transitional prayer. What did he say? Josh, the shoes of peace. We'd be talking about feet, yo. So if you've got a problem with feet, get to stepping. Some people have like weird things with feet. Who's that person who says feet freak me out? Nobody? I know a lot of people who are like feet freak me out. Not in this room. Any feet fetishes? No, don't answer. Don't answer that. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm just going to read that verse right quick. It says, And as the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness that is given by the gospel of peace. So tonight we are talking about the gospel of peace. Uh, that verse, Ephesians 6.15, literally means having shod yourselves, meaning put on yourselves, as to the feet of readiness of the gospel of peace. Um, so I have a question for you. Who here just like knows that verse and doesn't think about it? That's me. Read the verse, didn't think about it. And when I realized that I was doing this verse, I really didn't think about it. But the more that I thought about it and I read through, when you think about going into battle, who here says, I better bring my peace? Literally no one. Nobody says, you know what sounds like a good plan if I'm going to make war? I better bring that peace. That's the one thing I don't want to forget. Because you just don't. I would think if I were to put the feet as anything, I would say probably courage or like justice or something like that. I don't think of peace when I think about war. But it, it says that. And... um. Like, I know that the Bible says, like, blessed be the peacemakers, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, why would you want to bring that into war? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And um, so sometimes we read the Bible, but we don't read it with our heads. We, like, just read it, skim over it, and kind of glaze over it. We don't question why it says what it says, and we completely miss what it's trying to tell us. Because we just don't ask ourselves, why would God say this right now? So that way he can actually answer us. We just say, yeah, whatever, he walked on water, as opposed to like asking why and then getting an answer from him. We're just completely content not knowing anything and just taking it all for granted. So I'd like to look at it. I'd like to question the Bible tonight. And I started this week with a question. I said, why the heck would you want to bring peace into war? Why would you and why would you want to make it in your feet? So I wanted to first look at the history of war shoes. Um, Ephesians 6.15 talks about feet, the shoes. But it's not just any shoes, shoes. These are shoes that you fight with. And I was looking into what it means. And um, they're strong army boots. And the, the word for it is kalahe, I believe is how you pronounce it. 
but Lord knows I'm an American, so I don't know how to pronounce anything. But that's about what it means. And it says, these are shoes with thickly, I think you want to go get the slide. Um, these are shoes with thickly studded sharp nails, able to undertake long marches at incredible speed through rough terrain. So Isaac's going to pull up a picture of the shoes. Because when I thought about these shoes, my immediately thought was like, you know, Birkenstocks. <laughs> you know, like the shoes that Jesus wore, those classic dude sandals. But these are what they looked like. They're like gladiator sandals with like cleats mixed between. You know what I'm saying? They're like cleats with sandals. Isn't that wild? So... These are the shoes that they were referencing when they, when they referenced the shoes of peace. So obviously peace is not just hunky-dory, peace out, because those are some nasty things. Those are the shoes that I don't want somebody accidentally stepping on me. Or like, you know when you're like really close to people and you accidentally step on somebody's foot and you're like, whoops, sorry. You would have like, <laughs> you would have given them like a tattoo forever, scars forever. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, they're kind of like golf shoes. Yep, only mixed with sandals. <laughs> okay, you can take those out. So I wanted to know why. Why would you want those shoes to bring with you into war? And we are going to start with a image. I would like one volunteer. One volunteer. Somebody who thinks that they're fast. Somebody who thinks that they're fast. Who thinks they're fast? Okay, Zeke. Okay, we're all going to go take a little field trip outside, outside the prayer room. And Zeke is going to show us something. All right, you guys, go ahead and hop back to your seats. Get comf, get nice and comf. I'll wait for you guys forever, not forever, like maybe 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, Isaac, is that everybody? Let's see. Isaac, is that everybody? Awesome. Okay, here, guys. So what did we just learn? Does it help to wear shoes? Yeah, it sure does. Yep, it sure does. So when it was Zeke up against Isaac, when Isaac wasn't wearing any shoes, it was like a no-brainer. Zeke was going to win. But when Zeke and Isaac were both wearing shoes, we looked very closely to see who won. And if it wasn't for Zeke leaning, which is a good, it's a good job. That was a good job, Zeke. Everybody give Zeke a hand. <laughs> okay. So why do we wear our shoes? Why do we wear the shoes of peace? <laughs> or you're going to have pieces of rock in your feet. Um, number one, I found a couple different things. Number one, they make you ready to go anywhere and protects you everywhere. 
outfitted in the most invincible armor from his head to the ankles wouldn't do a bit of good if the man can't walk. Am I right? Walking those hills in battle is way harder than walking around in our prayer room parking lot. Way harder. And it means nothing to have any other piece of armor if you're doing this the whole time that you're out in a battle. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. So here Paul talks about the readiness given by the gospel of peace. I lost the game. Here Paul talks about the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So if you want to move, you need to put on shoes. That's my main point of this one. If you would like to move in war, you need to put on peace. Your feet move you to where you want to go. If you don't have peace on, if you do not have the gospel of peace on, you know firsthand that there are limits to where you can go. You can only go in easy territory. A firm example of this is winter. Who has tried to bring trash out to a trash can in the middle of winter? It is rough. If you're not wearing shoes, it is rough. I've been there before. It's a mistake every time. And Isaac does it all the time, and I don't understand. You regret it every time, yeah. Yeah, that's not why. <laughs> if you have the gospel of peace with you, no terrain will be too hard to walk through. If you are not where you want to be, I suggest you look at your feet. If you feel like your life is too safe, I would ask you to look down and see if you lost your peace. See if you left it behind. See if you live your life in anxiety and fear of what's to come. Because if you are the type of person who limits yourself, the reason for that is because you ha do not have a firm understanding of the gospel of peace. Truly. Truly, look at that, guys. Look down if you guys have issues with that. The second one is that you can't think if you don't have peace. Anyone who's ever struggled with anxiety can tell you this. Your mind doesn't see things clearly when you're anxious. When you're scared, you have a few different responses. The idea is like fight or flight or there's one other one. I don't remember, right? There's a few different responses when you, what? Sit down and cry. Probs. <laughs> I think that's flight. <laughs> anyway, there's a few different responses that you have when you're under fear and when you're under anxiety and you're scared. And none of those are really good decisions to make. If you really want to make a good decision, you have to be led in peace. And they knew this. If you go into war and you're scared out of your mind, you are not going to make a good decision. You're just not. You're going to probably die. Or you're going to go home and be a big coward. You don't want to be a big baby. We are not defensive warriors. I can't get this through to you guys enough. If you are a believer, you do not have to be worried about thinking defensively. You guys know what the difference between defensive and offensive is, right? Who hears sports? Do you sport? Sam, 
What's the difference between defensive and offensive? Defensive, you're protecting. Offensive, you're going for the goal, right? When you're doing soccer, if you're defensive, you're like trying to protect your goal. If you're offensive, you're pushing through to get to the other person's goal. If you just play defense, you can't score. And not only that, but if you're only playing defensive, not only will you never win, but it usually doesn't work. If you don't have both, it doesn't work. The best, what? Yes, the best defense is a good offense. Absolutely, you guys. So we need to start thinking offensively, right? We need to start realizing who we are in the Lord. We need to start standing up and saying that you have peace in your life. Because if you do not realize you have peace in your life, you will be constantly trying to protect what you have. If I have these Cheetos over here, and I'm constantly protecting them, I would never get to those other snacks over there, which is stupid. And what happens? Eventually, this runs out, right? Eventually, I will have no more snack. And if I don't know how to have offense, I'm never going to get to the next thing, the next good thing that God has for me. So we need to start remembering that. We're not trying to defend heaven, because to be honest, the devil can't touch heaven. The devil can't touch our hearts. He can't touch who we are on the inside, right? Our job as believers is to storm the gates of hell. That's our job. Our job is not to try to protect what God has made sacred because it is sacred. It's untouchable to the devil. The Bible says that we as believers have the power to change things. We have the power to speak to something and the Bible says that if we have faith of a mustard seed, we could speak to a mountain, have it move, and it would be cast off into the sea. I saw the whole mountain in, in Seattle, where is it? In Washington, Mount St. Helens, that's one. Mount St. Helens, when it exploded, the whole mountain moved. And I watched a like documentary on it this year, and it's terrifying. Even from a video standpoint, it's terrifying because the whole entire mountain like shifted down and to watch that i was like thank god that not more people ask for mountains to be moved because i saw that mountain move and it was terrifying and that's the sort of power that we have as believers that's the sort of power that our words carry as believers so we need to stop thinking defensively like i have to protect i have to constantly protect my family i have to constantly defend my name I have to constantly defend who I am to my siblings to pretend that my way is better than everybody else's. When that's not kingdom, that's not the way that the Lord, that's not the way that the Lord works. I propose to you that if you don't take peace with you, you don't win the war. All of the examples in the Old Testament of war that we have are people who thought offensively, people who knew that the war was theirs, people who could stand with the Lord and say, God's going to give me victory. They're the people who win the war. Um, I wanted to take a chunk of scripture at this end because uh, 
because we know that the shoes of peace are important now, right? We know that you can think clearly when you have peace. We know that you can go anywhere, and he'll protect you everywhere if you have peace. But I want to give you kind of a biblical example of that. So if you guys wanted to go to Mark 35, we're just going to kind of, oh, not Mark 35, Mark 435, sorry. <laughs> wow, Mark, you are long-winded. <laughs> Mark 4:35. Okay. I'm just going to read it from the ESV version. It says, "On that day, evening had come, and he said to them, "Let us go across the other side." So basically at this point, let me just give a little background. Jesus had just done, he, would, he had just done, he had just basically had a really long preaching, like an all-day long preaching. And it's now the evening, so the boy could preach, yo. And so it was the evening, and he was standing on a boat after he was done preaching, and he said, let's go to the other side. We don't know why, could be a few different reasons, but we know that he wanted to go to the other side. So he said, let's go across to the other side, leaving the crowd of people he just preached to, they took him onto the boat just as he was. The other boats were with him. And a great windstorm, windstorm, oh my gosh, windstorm arose and the waves were breaking onto the boat and the boat was already filling with water. Like they were taking on water in that boat. Okay. But he was in the storm asleep on a cushion. He is in Jesus was sleeping on a cushion. They woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? They were filled with fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So basically, we have Jesus, Jesus, Lord of everything, Son of man, Son of God, sleeping in the boat with them, with them. And there's a big storm that comes up, and they say, do you not care that we are perishing? Which is, like, terrible, you guys. It's terrible that they were in the boat with Jesus. And they asked him if he cared about them. He said, you don't even care about us. We're perishing. Do you not see this? Do you not see me? Do you not see my struggle? Do you not see that there's water in my boat? Do you not see that I'm scared? Do you not care about that? And his response was peace. Be still. And he asked them if they were afraid. I mean, the, he asked them why they were afraid. Have you no faith? If we know who we are in the boat with, guys, we do not have to worry about the storm. How many times have we said to ourselves when we're going through something, God, get me out of this situation. God, don't you care about me? Don't you see that my family is falling apart, God? Don't you see 
that I can't do well in school and I am a miserable mess? Don't you see that I can't get myself out of this situation? Where are you? Don't you care about me? How many times have we gone through life saying that to ourselves? It's a lot, guys. Every single time that some of us go through stuff, we say to ourselves, where are you, God? Don't you care about me? But if we know who's in the boat with us, we do not have to worry. Flat out. There's no storm too big. There was water going under. And Jesus was able to say, peace be still. Peace be still. And the wind and the waves stopped. I just, wanna, I just want you guys to know that if you guys are in situations in your life, the gospel of peace is more powerful than any storm, more powerful than anything that you could ever go through. This peace completely surpasses, the Bible says that his peace surpasses our understanding. And this peace, people of peace win the war. People of peace, when you're going through something in your life, people of peace are the people who get through it. And the same thing is true with other people. Your peace that you carry transfers on to other people. It transfers on to other people. This week, I don't know what it was about it, but this is the most peaceful I've ever been preparing for a sermon. And to be honest, I really didn't have a lot of time. <laughs> I didn't have any time. But, um, but I just really felt the peace of God in my heart. And because of that, I was able to have time to not just prepare for my sermon, but to do other things as well. To reach out into other people's lives. To ask other people how they're doing and to speak life in that. For Dawn tonight, Dawn, her body was hurting her, and I prayed for peace into her body. Because of the peace that was in me, I was able to bring that to other people. So I just want you guys to see the full picture here, guys. As that peace works its way into you, and if you guys don't know how to have peace, or if you guys don't know Jesus, I'll tell you, it is so, so, so worth it. If your life has never been touched with peace, please, 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 Ask a leader to pray with you. Ask Jesus to fill you with peace, because he'll do it. He does fill people with peace. But that peace not only surpasses our understanding, but it transfers on and on and echoes into the people around us if you let it. And that's what wins the war, is peace. And so I wanted to bring it back to this idea of a warrior, a warrior who has a firm foundation in the love of God, in the peace of God, and how that foundation, the foundation of peace, is what gives us the ability to win wars. Any person who's studied martial arts will tell you that your foundation, your footing, is integral to upping an opponent. Your footing really, really matters. And so I would suggest to you guys that if you guys are people who are anxious, who are nervous all the time, or are defensive, defensive towards your siblings, defensive towards your parents, 
defensive towards people in your life, God doesn't want you to be defensive towards those people. He wants your peace to be offensive and to reach into those people's lives. He wants to use you to bring peace into your sibling's life. That, that sibling that you're constantly fighting with, that you're mad about all the time because they just can't do it, they're constantly pushing your buttons, those are the people that God wants you to bring peace, his peace, into their lives. And so we're just going to pray tonight, and we're going to ask God to touch us. Hey, guys, back row, guys, keep it cool. (laughs) I just want us to take a second to focus in and to think about our lives. Think about the areas of our life that we have turmoil in, the areas of our life that we have this constant defense up or that we feel anxious towards. And I just really want you guys to know that Jesus' peace, there's no place that Jesus' peace can't reach. There's just no place. There's no limit to what he can't do in you. And so I just wanted to pray, and then we're going to get together in some small groups. Girls are going to be with me and Katie, and boys are going to be with the bros. I don't know what their plan is. But um, I'm just going to pray quick, and then we're going to be dismissed. Um, God, I thank you so much for your peace. God, your peace is just indescribable. That complete acceptance that we have in you and that complete peace that you have to reach into our hearts. God, I just thank you so much for that. And that, that is, that's life change, that we have peace with you. And um, God, I just pray for our hearts that we wouldn't be defensive, that we wouldn't constantly be fighting each other, but God, that we would fight spiritual battles with, um, with the enemy, our real enemy, not our siblings, not our parents, not the people in our lives, not our schools, not our communities, but the enemy our real enemy. God, we, I just pray that we would put on peace and that from our peace that we would start thinking offensively, that you would start us um, just bringing your peace to other people. God, because there is a world out there who's anxious, who's in turmoil. I mean, we know it. Our whole country is in turmoil right now. Our whole world is in turmoil right now, God. And you want us to bring your peace to others. And I pray that, um, that that change would start in us, that that peace would sink deep into our hearts, deep into our minds, and that we would have the clarity to walk forth in our lives, um, just bringing your hope to the world, Lord. In your name, amen.